Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yes! Brand new Bang and I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. On today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Michael Rappaport's Jewish News of the Week. Gotta do it. Never thought I'd be doing it, but I'm doing it. Breaking down Dave Chappelle on SNL. Plus, Pistol Pete Davidson allegedly is back on these streets with Emily Ratatakatakatakatakatowski. And Nas has released another record, King's Disease 3. And a guy named 21 Savage says he's not relevant. All that morning, fantastic, hard-hitting I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming out right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Runs, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice, yes. Start this puppy off with something real loud, yes. But most importantly, start this museum quality Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast off with something real funky. This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. No fear the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka the Sultan of Sniff, aka the King of Cashmere. You see the cashmere. It's 
Moroccan, aka the inflamed Ashkenazi, aka the raging bullshitter. Boom. You are now rocking with the, the very, very best, the world's most disruptive podcast. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity, the Ziggity, the what? The Ziggity Zone of Disruption. See, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from Astoria, Queens. Queens is in the house. Represent, represent. Shout out to Nasty Nas. King's Disease 3. Got to talk about it. Shout out to Mob Deep, 50 Cent, LL Cool J, MC Shan, Molly Mall, the whole Juice Crew. Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. Hope everybody's feeling good. Hope everybody's feeling safe. Hope everybody is feeling sane, mentally okay. We are, boom, halfway through the month of November, if you could believe that. 2022 is bye-bye. Hope you had a good one because it's it's coming to an end. Hopefully, it'll come to a great end. Hopefully, it'll come to a fantastic end. And hopefully 2022 will end fantastically for you and yours. Anyway, I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast. This year, as I said, my name is Mike Rapport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the King of Cashmere, a.k.a. the Raging Bullshitter. Let me just jump to it. Um, I had an extremely eventful, extremely social last, I'd say, week. Okay, I told you guys uh, it was my wife's birthday, which entailed, uh, you know, birthday dinner, you know, drinking uh, uh, some wine, uh, becoming Bobby Womack. That's what happens when I drink wine. I become Bobby Womack. And I'm talking about Bobby Womack when he had the sunglasses and his shirt off. Okay, uh, no, no disrespect to the later Bobby Womack, whose last album was very, very underrated. Bobby Womack's last album is a very, very underrated album. But I'm talking about young, young Bobby Womack. Cheating, uh, conniving, soul singing, guitar playing. I believe he used to play from the, the left hand. It's like, that Bobby Womack. That's what happens when I drink rosé. Forget the red wine. You give me some rosé. I start singing, if you think you're lonely now. I start singing... That's the way I feel about you. I, I say it once, I said it. One of my regrets is not being able to ever meet the late, great Bobby Womack. But the socialization last week, the, the amount of time I spent out with people, it takes its toll on me. Because I'm going to be honest, even the people that I like, I don't like them that much. And I'm sure they feel the same way about me. Trust me, I'm well aware of, of who I am. I am well aware. I like short spurts. I like sprint. I like sprints. I don't like marathon hangouts. But I, it was the dinners and then the lunches and then the brunches and then the, 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 the walks and then the, the, the going here and then the you're strolling. You want to go. The sh- all of it. All of it. And then uh, Saturday night, I had the honor of going to another UFC event. UFC 281. Let me tell you something. UFC, whether it's live or on television, but particularly live, but even if you spend the money pay-per-view, I've never spent my money or went to a 
UFC event and been like, that was a waste of time. That was a waste of money. Of course, you know, on pay-per-view, some main, main events might be disappointing, but you're never going to spend your 69 bucks or your 76 bucks on UFC and be like, that was a total waste of money. That was a complete bag of shit. And I went to that UFC 281 in the garden, Madison Square Garden. That's right. I was back in the garden wandering around with the all-access passes. I had all-access everything. I was in the sweets. I was in cookies, shrimp cocktail, everything. Ginger ales, all of it. And the headline fight was uh, Piera versus Israel Adesanya. And I'll get to that. First, let me get to the, the experience. You, you, you walk into the Madison Square Garden arena, the world's most famous arena. You could say what you want. Madison Square Garden is the world's most famous arena. It's the only arena with all its history intact. I've said it once. I've said it before. The fabulous forum, uh, the Lakers don't play there anymore. Staples Center, eh. Boston Garden, bye-bye. Chicago Stadium, bye-bye. The only arena with all its history. You walk into that arena, you smell JFK Jr. Uh, possibly finger-banging. Marilyn Monroe, okay? You walk into Madison Square Garden, you could smell the elephant shit from the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus from 1982. You walk into that arena, you could feel the ghosts of the fans who have passed away from when Ali fought Joe Frazier in the same arena. You look on the ceiling, that's the same ceiling that's the same ceiling that Ali fought Joe Frazier. Here comes Willis. That the Knicks won their first championship in 1970. Well, they won the other championship in the old garden, but that's not the point. Where the Iron Sheik fought Hulk Hogan, okay? Where Michael Jordan decimated the, it's the same arena. So there's a buzz in there. It's not just because I'm a New Yorker. Everybody, it's just a buzz. I don't know where Elton John, where Mick Jagger and Keith Richards probably were fucking doing lines of booger sugar, banging two, three, four broads in 1971 and going out there where the who was doing that shit. That's Square Garden, world's most famous arena. You walk in there, you're excited. It's UFC. And everybody was in the building. Here's who I saw. I walked in there, I saw Jared Leto, who I've, who I've known peripherally. I've seen him around for years. I gave him love, gave him respect. He's got great skin, Jared Leto. Fantastic hair and fantastic skin. Jared Leto's got to be like, I don't know, close to 50. Looks good. Looks like Jesus Christ, that fucking kid. I saw Miles Teller, the actor from a Top Gun, gave him love. I saw Jake Gyllenhaal. Didn't make eye contact with him. Halle Berry's. All the fighters, they're all there. The Diaz this, the this one, that Usman. Usman was there. I saw uh, um, the girl from Black Panther, uh, Lupita. Uh, I can't even pronounce her. Not, I don't want to pronounce her name. I'm going to be deemed racist. Uh, I saw that girl, uh, Michaela Cohen, also from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, who... 
wrote, directed, and starred in that HBO show, I May Destroy You. I wanted to talk to her because I would have nerded the fuck out on her. I would have fanned. Michaela Cohen, I May Destroy You, Wakanda Forever, I rock with you hard. And it's probably better that I didn't get to speak to you because I'm a humongous fan of hers. She's ridiculously talented. Sylvester Stallone was there. I didn't get to see him. Of course, I worked with him at Copland. And as I was sitting in my seat, because I got there early, I wanted to watch the prelims, all the seats in my area. Shout out to Dana White again for hooking me up with must be in the front row seats. And, and I'm humble. I'm not like I expect these seats. I walk in there, I go, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to put me where he put me last time, which is front row. But I'm like, I don't want to give you any ideas, Dana White. I don't want to. I like what you're doing. I'm not even going to say it. Not even. I'm, I was exactly where I should have been. But the person who was sick, because I was actually on the floor, 10 feet away from Joe Rogan and uh, Daniel Cormier and the other dude, they're right there. And the seat in front of me, Iron Mike Tyson. All the, mine said Rappaport, Rappaport plus one. The four seats in front of me said Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson was sitting right in front of me. It's Madison Square Garden. And let me tell you something. I've talked about this before on the podcast about, you know, sometimes, obviously when you go out to a fight, you're, you're expecting to mingle and you're amongst the fans. It's New York. I'm excited to be there. I love meeting people. I love taking pictures with people. I appreciate it so much. But anybody that complains about being famous or annoyed or having to take pictures needs to follow Mike Tyson to a UFC fight in public because everybody wants to talk to Mike Tyson. I seen people like, they, they were like, they fucking saw like Jesus Christ himself. Like they were like, they saw a ghost. When people, people's reaction to seeing Mike Tyson is bugged out. And he was sitting literally, like at some point during the fight, I had my hand on Mike Tyson's former heavyweight championship shoulders. Of course, Mike Tyson's been on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Excellent episode. It's an excellent episode. But Mike was right in front of me. Like, if I wanted to, I could have smacked Mike Tyson on the back of the fucking neck. Like, I literally could have went, ba-boom, you fuck. That's how close Mike Tyson was. And trust me, it went through my mind. Like, if I smacked the shit out of Mike Tyson right now, what would happen? Would he be like, Mike, why are you doing that? Because he, I know Mike Tyson. Or would he just react and fucking do like he did to me, that guy on the airplane? But literally, with Mike Tyson sitting in front of you, it's like your brain, you're like, the next right there is his bold. I want, if I just went on the back, would he fuck me up? Would he grab me? Would he be so shocked that someone hit him? And then when he identifies the person that hit him as me, Michael Rapport, how would he, I'm never gonna, Mike, I love you. Just saying. But the point is, is that sitting in front of him, people were tripping out. Everybody, every celebrity, Every hedge fund person, every, I don't know who some of these people were, but there's, you know, some people you recognize, it's not all celebrities and fighters. I'm imagining anybody that's sitting down there is, is either like, they're rich or famous or both. You ain't just down there or you're Dana White's friend or you're the, the Fratelli brothers, the Fratelli, I don't know, the Nutella brothers, those other guys that are in partnership with Dana White. Anyway, it was it was just an incredible environment, incredible atmosphere. And uh, 
Nate Diaz was there. Who I, I've still yet to meet Nate Diaz. I, I love fucking Nate Diaz. Anyway, the fight started, and I've said this before, but when you're, I was literally, they're in the ring, like the cage is 20 feet from me. 20 feet, you could hear, boom. You hear like when they get kicked, you hear. When they get smacked, you hear. When they fall, you hear. Not only do you hear the smash, you hear like the grunts. You're, you hear the air come out of people. And it's just an incredible event to watch. And, you know, I left at 1 a.m. And most people won't think twice about that. 1 a.m. for me takes a toll on me. Like when I'm staying up till 1 a.m., even to see an incredible night at Madison Square Garden, the UFC, I know the ramifications of it. The next day, it was a Saturday. A Sunday is, of course, fantasy football. I got to work out. Because, oh, I got my planking in on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I got that five-minute, 30-second diversified plank in on Sunday morning, post-UFC, Saturday night. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The UFC fights, I'm not going to go the whole night and what I saw 
and who won this fight, who won that fight. But I will say this about a few fights. Frankie Edgar fought, I can't remember the guy or the name he fought, but Frankie Edgar, I believe it was his wife or his girlfriend or his baby mama or his significant other was over there with his kids. And Frankie Edgar, who's beloved, wound up getting knocked out very quickly. And watching the faces of his wife and his kids and them seeing their father knocked out was bugged the fuck out. Now you can tell that They've seen this before. They've seen their father fight. They've probably had many conversations about coming to see their father fight and, you know, what could possibly happen because there's no guarantees, no matter who you are, what your record is, who you've won, who you lost to. When you go to see somebody fighting, you'll see anything could happen. And just, they were literally 10 feet away from me watching these little kids. Like the son was like, damn, like he was pissed that his father lost. I believe it was a daughter I couldn't tell because she was crying, but the, the kid had longer hair, was crying. The wife was, you know, stoic, but it was, it was a bugged out thing seeing family members respond and kids respond to their father laid out. He got kneed in the face. I believe it was a knee or it was an elbow. I think it was a knee in the face and homie was out. And then like a minute later, he's up. He's just like up. And I'm like, if I ever got kneed in the face, I, I wouldn't be like up and like chit-chatting with Joe Rogue. I wouldn't, if I ever got kneed in the face on purpose or even accidentally, if you ever need yourself in the face, I've done that before. And that just goes to show like how you learn because I can't even remember the last time I need myself in the face and I'm glad I can't remember. But it'll never happen again because the mind and the body, that just goes to show like how pain can teach you a lesson. When you knee yourself in the face, you go, I, whatever I did, like I was like getting something or stretching or lifting something. And when you knee yourself in the face, your brain will program itself to never do that again because it's not a good feeling. So that fight was crazy and watching that was crazy. And then Michael Chandler fought Dustin Piora and they were throwing down I mean, these motherfuckers were throwing, I mean, punching each other in the face. There's some clip of this dude Chandler getting punched in the face and you literally see his nose explode like a slow motion clip because punching, like you see, it's like, it's literally like the brilliance of Raging Bull. He gets punched in the face and the blood goes shh, slow motion. And at one point he, Michael Chandler, whose nose is bleeding. I saw this later on. I didn't see this live, but I saw a clip of him like, he blew his nose on Dustin Piora. I'm like, you're a nasty motherfucker. Like, I know it's kill or be killed and like, you'll do anything, but come on, man. To me, that's like biting someone's ear in a fight. Like, yo, he made you bleed. You don't have to blow your nose on him and put it, your blood in his face. And even the dude Dustin was like, yo, you're a dirty motherfucker for that. It's like the motherfucker that bit my ear. I tell you the story about my ear getting bit. We're in a street fight. I can get us a street fight, you fuck. There's no weapons. You're biting ears. You fuck you. Anyway, that was incredible. Uh, Dustin won that fight. And homie wasn't even breathing hard after the fight. Like, I'm that close. I'm like, I see him. He's like talking shit. And yeah. And I'm like, ah, these guys are incredible athletes. That's the thing about going to see UFC live. And I, and I was telling my friend who doesn't, doesn't watch it, doesn't fuck with it. And I was like, I'm telling you, just as a fan of sport, watching UFC live, is it's an incredible 
spectacle. And it's the athleticism is incredible and they're trained. And yes, it's brutal. And yes, it's violent. And yes, sometimes you're like, whoa, but this is what they do. This is not like, you know, tiddlywinks. Obviously. Um, and then Izzy fought Piora. And I'm be honest. I had a conversation with one of the Dust Brothers that I thought Izzy was going to lose this fight. And I'm a fan of Izzy, just like everybody else is a fan of Israel Adesanya. But no disrespect. Just like I was a fan of Floyd Mayweather's. Just like I was a fan of Winky Wright. Just like I was a fan of the great Bernard Hopkins in boxing. But Izzy's fights have been boring as fuck. I mean, boring. They're defensive. and he, It's MMA. It ain't boxing. You want to get out there and just win. And like I said, we come there to see, we, we want that violence. And people like Israel because of his, his personality and he's funny and he's accessible and he's humble and he's cool and he's cool looking and he just seems like a nice guy. And I've met him. He's a super nice guy. But I had a feeling he was going to lose. He fought a guy that he had lost to twice in kickboxing and, and they were duking it out for four rounds. Apparently, I haven't watched the replay, but he was winning three rounds to one. But based on where I was sitting and me and my man Bar, we were at the fights. We were like, yo, this, this dude is heavy handed and he was hitting Israel. And in the fifth round, he fucking, he knocked him out. The fight stopped. And there's been some discussion about whether it was stopped too early uh, and should they have let him continue fighting. Personally, I don't think the UFC, I don't think Dana White, I don't think Israel Adesanya needed the image or wanted the image of being laid the fuck out on the ring. Now, if Israel had had the other dude in trouble, would they have let him get laid out on the ring? I think they would have. It's just like when Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather. They could have let it go on and Floyd Mayweather knocks the shit out of Conor McGregor, but I think the referee was like, we don't want that image. You lost. We don't need you getting knocked out of the fucking ring. Conor McGregor, just like we didn't need Izzy Asanya on the ground and getting pummeled in the face. He's a star of the UFC. So you, you want to keep that image intact and you want him to live to fight another day and then there's, you know, a rematch. When you get pounded in the fucking face with these hammer fists, whatever these people do, knee drops, I don't know what the fuck they do. I don't want to know. Flying elbows, karate chops, I don't know. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to ever get hit with a karate chop, a knee in the face, a flying elbow. I don't want to get kicked in the face. These guys are getting kicked in the face like it's nothing. Literally. Spinning kicks, this way kicks, reverse, but 360, 720s, 180, boom. It's like nothing. They're like, okay, you, you got me. I'm fighting somebody and they kick me in the face. I say, you won, homie. If I'm in a street fight, and I never want to be in a street fight again, but I'm in a street fight, the only thing you need to do to beat me is just go, hi Yo, you're good. Take, uh, take it all. You start doing the shit to me, and you start acting like you could kick and jump. You got it. All due respect. Yo, you, you got it, homie. Anyway, great night. Fantastic event, but I should have bet. Because Izzy was favorited. And even the captains at Captain Picks, they had Izzy. And uh, I just had a feeling. And it's easy to say, oh, I had a feeling I should have bet afterwards. They're like, you should have put up your money beforehand, asshole. I get that. Trust me, I know. 
Just like I did say that Aaron Rodgers was going to stuff the Dallas Cowboys just because it's the Dallas Cowboys and it's Mike McCarthy. And I, I said that out loud. I said, he, they're, they're, he's going to get them. With a decimated defense and a, a not-so-good offense, there's games like Aaron Rodgers will rise to the occasion to stuff the Dallas Cowboys. And betting's legal. Not illegal. Betting is legal in New York. There's plenty of places to bet. And if you know what you're doing, if you rock with the people at Captain Picks, if you plan your shit, as far as I'm concerned, based on what I know, and I ain't no expert, I ain't no Ace Rothstein, but if you have $10,000, let's say $20,000, let's say ten, let's say $10,000. If you have $10,000, I'd rather take my $10,000 and use it gambling, sports gambling, than putting it in the stock market today. Because if you bet without your emotions and you bet from a strategic place and you bet uh, without being a bitch-ass hoe and being emotionally involved and you bet to win just like you play to win the stock market, personally, I think right now, especially with the help of the captains at Captain Picks, you could definitely make more money the way the stock market is right now. That $10,000 will grow, uh, I'm gonna do a big word, exponentially. I say that correctly? Anyways, great night. Then I went to the Giants game, and, and the Giants won, but I, it's not even a comparison. And I had great seats for the Giants game. Fantastic seats at the Giants game. You can't even compare the two events as a sporting event. And yes, the Giants game wasn't a great game, but there's 15 timeouts, there's 15 TV timeouts. Every single thing that came on in the stadium, Every two minutes, and I love the veterans. It was Veterans Day. It just had nothing to do with it. There was one sad story after the other sad story after, like, I was like, am I an American history lesson? The Army this, the military that. And that means no disrespect to the Army, the military, or any of the great people that have served our country. But I'm like, I'm at a football game. Can I get some Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson highlights? Can I get to see some Mark Bavaro Highlights? I'm at a football, I'm at the Giant Stadium for crying out loud, MetLife State, whatever the fuck they called it. Again, it's nothing to do with the veterans or any of that stuff, but I'm like, every single, it was, it's just slow. It's slow moving. There's timeout after timeout, and then there's, you know, planes flying over, and they're like, oh, look at the Jets. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then there's, it's just, you can't compare it to being into a UFC event. A UFC event, it's on and popping from the jiggity jump. And, and I know my attention span is shot. I understand that. But if you get to take me to another Giants football game, I don't care if they're playing the Cowboys, the Eagles, Super Bowl, eh, playoff game, or UFC fight, I go to UFC in a second. And, and I love football my entire life, but it's just a more exciting event to be at. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L. S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash 
Stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Rappaport's uh, Jewish News of the Week. I never thought, I, I never thought that Every week I'd have to do Michael Rapport's Jewish News of the Week. But but here we are. So to update everybody, Kyrie Irving has missed the last five games playing with the Brooklyn Nets. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Kyrie Irving was suspended for five games and this, that, and the third. And there is no set time as to when he's going to be joining the team. The Nets have been playing good without Kyrie Irving. Personally, as I said last week, because it's gotten to a point where you can't even criticize Kyrie Irving as a basketball player anymore without being called racist or without being called or told to stay out of black people's business or all the other fucking Instagram bullshit. But personally, I think the Nets themselves do not want Kyrie Irving back for basketball, for COVID-related, for time off, for talking crap about the younger players, for just Kyrie Irving basketball reasons. I don't think they want him back. Are they a better basketball team without Kyrie Irving? No. But is the organization better off without Kyrie Irving playing basketball? For basketball reasons, personally, I think yes. I think that the ball moves around more. I think Kyrie Irving has never been a defensive player. I think Kyrie Irving dribbles the ball into the ground. And when it works, it's spectacular. But other players stand around. They don't, they're not participating. The only other person that gets the ball is Kevin Durant. It's a better brand of basketball 
without Kyrie Irving. Are the Nets going to win the championship with or without Kyrie Irving? No. But like I said last week, Kyrie Irving did this to himself, and the cherry on the top of the Kyrie Irving ice cream sundae was the documentary, which Dave Chappelle called Knee Bros to Hebrews, or some shit like that, brilliantly. But I'm allowed to criticize Kyrie Irving as a basketball player and as a team player for the Brooklyn Nets. And personally, I don't think they want him there. How it's going to play out, I have no idea. He's making $40 million a year. That's where we stand. But we've gotten to a point where if you're black and you criticize Kyrie Irving, you're a sellout. You're an Uncle Tom. And if you're white and you criticize Kyrie Irving, you're a racist. You should stay out of black people's business and all this other nonsense. Kyrie Irving did this to himself. He got himself in this position all on his own. And the cherry on the top was the documentary. When he was in Boston, he was disrespecting the organization, disrespecting the other players who are all black. The young players, Jalen Brown, who's standing up for him. Jason Tatum, he was not on their bench during their playoff run. And all the other things Kyrie Irving has done as a team member of basketball teams in the NBA. But it's gotten to a point where literally, if you're black and you criticize Kyrie Irving, you don't, if you're not on board with him, you're a sellout. And if you're white, you're a racist and you should stay out of black people's business. It's ridiculous. Secondly, a Michael Rappaport Jewish News of the Week. Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live. And a lot of people have been asking me what I thought of his monologue. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was pure art. I think Dave Chappelle is pure art. He's Van Gogh. He's Picasso. He's Basquiat. He's Monet. He's Mozart. He's Beethoven. He's Stevie Wonder. He's whoever you want him to be. He's Jay-Z. He's Nas. He's Miles Davis. He's Thelonious Monk. Pure art. Was I offended by any of it? No. It was not offensive at all. He hit everybody. And, you know, some of the things that he said, and I am fact-checking, some of the things that he said, the way he started, the first thing that Dave Chappelle did was he read an anti-Semitic statement. He apologized for being anti-Semitic off the top. This is brilliant. He read his statement. I am apologizing for my anti-Semitism, and I am apologizing to all the people I have offended tonight. He, he apologized before he said anything. Fantastic. And he also said, I can't remember how it started, talking about Kanye West and the Death Con 3. And then he mentioned how when he was growing up, he was friends with a lot of Jewish people, and he always knew on Friday nights they couldn't hang out because they would have to go to Shanana. I wish I had that fucking joke. That's a brilliant joke. That on Friday night, his Jewish friends had to go to Shanana. I'm full Jew. Ashkenazi Jew, a.k.a. Silverback Jew. And I wish I had, I wish I could, the thing about Dave Chappelle doing that joke, is he did it on Saturday Night Live, he's never going to say it again. I'd run that joke into the ground. That's like one of the, that joke is so good. Like, that's like somebody's best joke ever. And unfortunately, people were offended by this. Jewish people were offended by his monologue. Uh, the ADL, a lot of Jewish groups, we need to stop. There was, just like with the transgender stuff, there was nothing mean-spirited. There was nothing that was thoughtless. 
There was nothing that was derogatory and just mean. He's so thoughtful, so smart. Why is it okay for Dave Chappelle to call Herschel Walker dumb and he's got the face of a person who's trying to figure out a move before he plays tic-tac-toe and not be able to, in the same 20 minutes, make hilarious jokes about Shabbat dinner. He talked about Kyrie. He talked about Kanye. He talked about everybody. And this is why, number one, it's comedy. This is why, number two, he's pure art. He's a pure artist. He's Jackson Pollock. He's anyone that you love as an artist in whatever genre. He's that. I wasn't offended at all. It was hilarious. There were, there's a list of jokes that he did that I was like, I wish I had that joke. The Trump stuff was great. Even the Trump stuff that Dave Chappelle was so good that stupid Eric Trump, his, the dumbest of all the Trumps, reposted the joke as if it was a compliment. You dumb fuck. Eric Trump, you big tooth dummy. You big tooth dummy. But this is how brilliant it was. This is how brilliant it was. But Eric Trump, you are dumb. You're dumber than your sister Tiffany who got married this weekend. And if you see the pictures of Dick Stain Donald Trump at the wedding, the last place he wanted to be was walking Tiffany Trump down the aisle. You could tell he was like, God damn it. And he was like, who, who, who's the schmuck that married this fucking pile? That's what he's thinking. He don't like Tiffany. He don't like Tiffany. I have no problem with Tiffany. I've always said that Tiffany looks like she's one of those girls who did outtakes from Girls Gone Wild. Poor Tiffany. But you could tell Dick St. Donald Trump was like, I don't want to spend my fucking weekend doing this shit. Probably had to go to rehearsal dinner. But... Chappelle was awesome, and I stand by that 100%. And for someone that talks shit, for someone who's a comedian, for someone who is a podcaster, for someone who is about this disruptive life, this whole notion of comedians punching down is ridiculous. The old pie in the face, the old comedic bit of the pie in the face would be deemed bullying now. Shit's funny. Like if I'm doing this podcast and someone threw a pie in my face, wouldn't that be dope right now if somebody threw a pie in my face? You'd laugh. You would laugh. It would be it'd be funny. But it's like, you know, they go, well, you shouldn't punch down to marginalized groups. At this point, who's not marginalized? Straight white men? They're the ones that are not marginalized. But what if they're straight white men and they're Jewish? You look at, Deaf Comedy Jam. There's so many redundant jokes. Uh, black people are like this. White people are like that. Black people are like that. Is that punching down? We have to be able to make jokes. We have to be, whether it's trans jokes, whether it's gay jokes. When you saw the roast of, uh, one of those roasts and Pete, somebody was roasting Pete Davidson. It's fu- They're funny. Humor is humor. Comedy is comedy. And there was nothing that was mean-spirited. There was nothing that was derogatory. There was nothing that was anti-Semitic. He made the jokes about Jews running Hollywood. He goes, I have been to Hollywood. Dave Schubert, I have been to Hollywood. And there are a lot of Jews. It's true. If I called 99, I can't even, I was trying to think. I was like, because last week I was talking about how dumb Herschel Walker is. Just like Dave Chappelle talked about how dumb Herschel Walker was. But if I was up here talking about anybody else, any other black man being dumb, 
besides Herschel Walker, you know what people would say? You're racist. Yo, you're calling a black man dumb. You're perpetuating these stereotypes. White boy, who the fuck are you to call a black man dumb? But it's okay for everybody collectively to call Herschel Walker a dumb fuck? Why? I can't even call Lurch Fetterman from Pennsylvania, the new governor of Pennsylvania, dumb. Because he's a Democrat. Have you heard this guy Lurch Fetterman, Stump Fetterman speak? You think he's smart? You, you, you think that Stump Fetterman from Pe- the new governor of the state of, we're not talking about some, we're talking about Pennsylvania, it's a big ass state. You think he's smart? Guy's dumb as shit. And then, and then they were like, well, you he just had a stroke. That's, they, they got a new term, abling. I don't give a fuck. Then I don't want a newly appointed governor who just had a stroke. No disrespect to stroke victims. I want a healthy fucking governor. I want a healthy president. Lurch Fetterman is dumb. He ain't smart. I don't like his policies. I don't like his tattoos. I don't like his cutoff shorts. I don't like his hoodie. I don't like the way he speaks. I don't like that fucking gorilla ridge he has in his nose. He's got like, and he's the governor of the state of Pennsylvania. It's this big ass state. But the fact that it's okay across the board for everybody to say Herschel Walker's dumb. But like I said, if I called any other black man dumb, I'd be deemed a racist. If any other white person called another black person dumb, you'd be deemed a racist. Why is it okay? Because it's funny. The shit's funny because he got a dumb face and he actually is dumb. But but so's Joe Biden. I mean, he's not dumb. He's fucked up. But you can't say that. We can't crit- It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's comedy. So I stand my, I love the, I watched it twice just to see if I missed anything. It was great. Dave Chappelle's great. And like I predicted on the last I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, I said, motherfuckers who hate Dave Chappelle, who canceled him because of his Netflix specials, woke up on Sunday into Saturday night tweeting, why is he hosting Saturday Night Live? And my question is, why the fuck were you watching it? Didn't he offend you four specials ago? Why are you still watching Loser You? You knew he was hosting. You knew he offended you four specials ago. Yet you came back for more. You came back for more. Why? I have no idea. I will say this about Saturday Night Live, and Saturday Night Live isn't worth the discussion because Saturday Night Live is not a great show. The girl Sarah Sherman, a.k.a. Sarah Squirm, killed it on the news. She's dope. She's awesome. She's funny. She's ballsy. She's, she's in control but comes off totally reckless. And I was very disappointed. Listen, Black Star... Their record, their first record, one of my favorite records. Most F. Talib Kweli. I put them both on my favorite MC list individually. But they're, and Mad Lib, ridiculous producer. I didn't like either one of the songs. I was disappointed. I say that with all due respect. I could say that. People are, yo, white boy, why the fuck you even speaking on hip hop? Fuck you. How about that? The songs weren't good, they weren't shit. Their rhymes were tight, but the, and that's Mad Lib. I fuck with Mad Lib. Otis, shout out to Otis. Shout out to Mad Lib. Shout out to all the work he's done. He did a lot of the beats for Beats, Rhymes, and Life, The Travels of a Tribe Called Quest. My documentary on A Tribe Called Quest. Everybody has respect for Mad Lib. Those two songs that they performed, produced by Mad Lib, let's just say they weren't my favorite. I was happy to see them on TV. It's always great to see hip hop on 
Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live's been doing that since Run DMC and Aerosmith back in the days. In other hip-hop news, now I'm shifting now. I'm, I'm shifting from Michael Rappaport Jewish News of the Week to Michael Rappaport Hip-Hop News of the Week. Nasty Nas, Nas Escobar, released another album produced by Hit Boy called King's Disease. Now, is the group called King's Disease? Group's not, the album's called King's Disease. I thought they were like forming a group called King's Disease at this point. King's Disease 3. Talked about King's Disease 1, King's Disease 2. Now talk about King's Disease 3. First of all, thank you for making more music. Nasty Nas, Nas Escobar, and Hit Boy, who produced N-Words in Paris. Dun-dun, dun-dun. We probably made more money off that fucking song. Jesus. Listen, I've listened to the album. It's a good album. Nas is, what he's saying is always poignant. He's not on that Uchi Wally Wally. He had a slip that day. I'm going to get to Uchi Wally Wally and 21 Savage in a minute. Okay. The song Beef. This is, a, this is a high level song, this song Beef. Nas has done this a few times. There's that one song where he, he's talking about himself as the gun. I don't know if this is called Metaphors or whatever. There's, I can't remember the name of the song where, where he's the gun in the song. Gave you power, I gave you power. And then there's another song that he did where like the whole story's in reverse. Rewind. Gave you power, rewind. Nas is on some shit. Talk about an artist. He's on some shit. Like I said, I'm glad he made the record. That song Beef on the Record is good. That song Reminisce is good. He's kicking lyrics. It's all conscious. It's all positive. He's dropping little, little gems in there. He's talking about the past, talking about now. The song Reminisce I really like because he's like, yo, you want me to sound like it's 93? You know, that was dope. But what I'm doing now is even doper. And, and I get that because you can't go backwards. I understand that you can't go backwards. And I was having a conversation with man Ian about this, about going backwards and living in the past. And, you know, one of the things that got cut out of the Tribe Called Quest movie, because the theme, one of the themes of the Tribe Called Quest movie, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, A Travels of a Tribe Called Quest, that I directed, was will a Tribe Called Quest make more music? Now, this is before the late, great Fife Dog passed. And they made that last album. But during the, the, the interviews, I would ask them. And I would ask everybody I, I interviewed. And I would ask the members of the group, Q-Tip, Fife, Ali, and Jerobi, over and over and over. And I have different versions of them answering the question. But I would say, will you guys make more music? Will the group get back together? And one line that didn't make the movie, it should have made the movie. I regret that it didn't make the movie, but there is always the 10-year anniversary, which is coming up. Um, but I said to Jerobi, I said, yo, is the Tribe Called Quest going to get back together? And, and Jerobi said to me, he goes, you don't want Tribe to get back together. You want those memories back from when Tribe was together. And I was like, that's very fucking true. Now, first of all, I did want you guys to get back together, but I understand what he meant. He meant... You want those memories of hearing Benita Applebaum for the first time. You want those memories of hearing Q-Tip on Jungle Brothers, Black is Black, 
for the first time on the radio. You want those memories of being in the club. You want those memories of passing the tape. And I get that. That I get. I totally understand that. But in regards to the Nas record and the sound, I can never criticize Nas. He's too good. He's too thoughtful with his words. He's too, I mean, he's so good for so many years. And he said it. It's been 30 summers. I mean, that motherfucker's been doing, and is he better than Jay-Z? Is he better than Nas? That's a different discussion, which we could do here. But, you know, the sound is different. And even he says something about it sounding different, but this is, I get all that. So, inevitably, I really enjoy the King's Disease 3 record. I enjoyed all three of these records, and I hope they continue making these records. It's important for Nas to be making music. It's just a different sound that gets me going. And this morning I was working out. I had a nice workout this morning. A nice workout. I was doing my, uh, my jumping jack uh, compilation. First I do running, 30 seconds. And then I do jumping jacks like this. Then I do traditional jumping jacks like this. And then I do jumping jacks like this. The whole thing's two minutes. It's like a two minute sprint. Shit's no joke. I had my wife doing it once. She was like, that shit is no joke. And my wife is a beast. Here's what the whole workout was this morning. I get into the gym. This is a gym in my building. It's a shit gym. Nobody was there. So I don't, I have my, my tiny little speaker. I put the speaker. I'm playing it because there's no one there. Obviously, if there's people that put the, the earphones in. I'm meandering first. I got to get my body warm, my, my head mentally good. I'm coughing a lot of people stretch before they work out. I cough. That's how, that's how I break a sweat. I don't need to stretch before I work out because if you saw me go through my cough routine, you'd be like, holy shit. How can you do anything after that? So what I do first is cough. I meander. I'm I Instagramming. I'm checking the news, checking the sports, checking the highlight. Da, 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 da. And then today my workout was this. Three sets of two-minute jumping jack intervals. So it's three sets. So it's two, it's like two minutes of jumping jacks. And it's fucking hard. Each one is 30 seconds. I got my watch going and I got my Tabata going. I take 45 seconds, 30, 45 seconds in between. I, I do it depending on how I'm feeling. Today I did 30 seconds actually on my watch. I do that two minutes, take a 30-second break. Do another two minutes, 30-second break. Two minutes, 30-second break. Boom. Fucking sweating at that point. And motherfuckers, I would love to see you do my, my two-minute jumping jack diversified plan. It ain't no joke. Again, what it is, I'm running in place 30 seconds. Then I'm doing these jump. I'm jumping jack. Boom, boom. Then I'm doing regular jumping jack. Boom, boom. Then I'm doing these. I learned it from this dude on Instagram. Do that three times, 30 seconds each. I'm fucked up. Then I did chest, bench press, 50s. Boom, 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 boom. 12 uh, reps each, three sets, boom. Then I'm doing flies, 25s. Not too heavy, I got a fucked up shoulder. <laughs> three sets of that. Then I did another chest, boom, boom, boom. Then I did biceps. I don't have to walk you through all that. I did nine exercises of biceps. And uh, after that, that's a lot. Then this morning again, what did I do? Plank sets. Different ones today. I did these, boom, 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 boom. I did two sets, 90 seconds each. 
90 seconds of plank with the boom, boom. Shout out to the 65-year-old guy who just did an eight-hour-plus plank. Broke the world record. Let me tell you something. Five-minute plank takes you through the cycle of life. An eight-hour plank, I don't even know what that is. I also don't know, like, do you have things to do? No disrespect to the guy who did an eight-hour plank. Do you not have, like, do you don't, like, have, like, one of those eye calendars? Like, I got to get a haircut, go to the doctor, get my oil fixed, fresh direct, something. There's got to be something. Uh, but it, the guy did it an eight, eight hour, I think it was eight hour and 20 minutes or eight hour, 40 minute plank. Ridiculous. Anyway, that, that was my workout. And then, and then I did sit-ups and then I did, then I actually stretched. Good workout today. Anyway, the Nas record is good. There's a lot of good shit on there. That beef song and the, the thought that he must have put into it. And I'm, and I'm so curious. I would love to interview Nas about the writing process. And like, did he hear the beat for that beef song first? Did he have the concept first? Did he write it with no beat? Because just that song alone is so much better than the majority of things that are, are out there. The consciousness, the thoughtfulness the artistic nature of it is just high level shit. High, high, high level. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. get to a guy like 21 Savage who I didn't even mention on the Drake record last week this is like I don't want to talk about 21 Savage because what's to talk about tried to listen to this guy 21 Savage wildly popular I know I think he makes a million dollars a show million fucking dollars a show I know if I say 21 Savage makes a million dollars a show Eric B and Rakim are turning over in their grave. I know if I say 21 Savage makes a million dollars a show, Cool G Rap and Polo are kicking and screaming in their grave. And so people are like, what the fuck you talk about their life? I'm quoting the great Charles Barkley. But if 21 Savage makes a million dollars a show, I know that Big Daddy Kane is probably like, what the fuck is going on here? And that's why when 21 Savage says something like he said about Nas, he said... He's got a good fan base. He makes good records, but he's not relevant. Why me, Michael Rapport, gets so offended? Because number one, 21 Savage, I guarantee you if I walked around the streets of New York and I asked people to quote your best line, it would be hard for me to find somebody that would be able to quote a quotable line. Nas's first joint was a posse cut. And he had quotable lines on his first joint. The very first time we heard him. I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. That right there is better than your entire catalog. 21 Savage. I went, him on live at the barbecue, his verse on live at the barbecue is better than your entire catalog catalog and I'm sure you've made tons of records I know people love you I know people are like Mike Ramp who the fuck are you to talk about hip hop you white boy who the fuck are you to talk stay out of the culture you culture vulture suck my dick SMD Nas on live at the barbecue is better than your entire catalog and you're talking about he's not relevant to who obviously Nas is not relevant to you because you could hear it in your work He's relevant to Drake. I guarantee you Drake listened to that King's Disease album over and over and over and over and over. And I get it. Age is important. I'm sure that Lil Wayne and Rick Ross and all them are important to you. But who do you think was important to those people? Nas is, Nas, that's like saying Stevie Wonder's not relevant. For any rapper to say Nas is not relevant, it shows in your work, 21 Savage. And I'm glad you're making money. I'm glad you're able to take care of everybody. But it's so disrespectful. Only in hip-hop do people do that. Do they degrade? Do they shit on? It's like that bum-ass, fake-ass DJ. He's not even a DJ. That academics guy, character, saying that these old-school dudes are dusty. And I got to pick it up again. I got to come out again. Me, Michael Rapper. I got to be the one to say, how dare you? 
to say that Nas isn't relevant. And we see why you would think Nas isn't relevant, 21 Savage, because when we listen to your music, it shows that you're not a big Nas fan. You probably ain't a Big Daddy Kane fan, an LL Cool J fan, a Beastie Boy fan, a Gangstar fan. You probably ain't a fan of any of them. And I hear it in your work. I hear it in this, in this Drake album. You're like cat in a hat. That's what the kind of shit you're on. And, and like I said, people will say, yo, he's making money. Who are That's the kind of rapper you are. Cat in the hat, jumped over the bat, and he flipped and he flapped. Yappity yap. There's nothing positive in your shit. You're not doing metaphors and poetry and any of stuff like that. For anybody to say that Nas is irrelevant, it's just because you're not a Nas fan. And inevitably, that's your loss. You're not a Nas fan. You probably like Tupac, sort of. You don't like Biggie. You don't like Gangstar. You don't like M.O.P. You don't like Sean Price. You really don't really fuck with hip-hop, really. Again, only in hip-hop is this. You're never hearing some young guitar player saying, Jimi Hendrix ain't relevant. Eric Clapton ain't relevant. Uh, Keith Richards ain't relevant. Only in hip-hop do they do this shit. They talk shit about the people that built this shit that you're making a million dollars a show on. 21 Savage? Any of these people? Academics? You shitbag? You shitbag, you. That's it. I was going to talk about Tom Brady's uh, ex-wife, Giselle Bunkton. Tom Brady's ex-wife is now dating some guy uh, who's a jujitsu, which Tom Brady's like, fuck. He's like a jujitsu dude. So you don't want smoke. Money will have you in a like a like an ankle lock. Have your shit tied up like I seen that, yo, at the UFC. I seen they get you in an ankle lock. You don't want that. Break your foot, Tom Brady. 45, you don't want that. But apparently, uh, Giselle Bunkton uh is dating some young uh I don't know where this guy's from. Who knows? I think he's from Ecuador or he's from uh maybe Brazilian and Brazil. You don't want listen. You don't want to fuck with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu dude. They, they invented the whole thing. Have you break your finger or something like that. We got Super Bowls to win, Tom Brady, or you do. And uh, Mr. Sugar Dick himself, there's no verification or, or confirmation on this, but Mr. Sugar Dick himself, the guy who's got a literally taste of sugar at the tip of his dick, Pete Davidson, allegedly was seen with Emily Ratatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat
Warren Beatty, the great Dominique Wilkins, Milton Burrow, Albert Einstein, Matt. No one has ever had other men talking about their dick. Only Sugar Dick and Pistol Pete Davidson. I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm finished. Came saw disrupted. Came saw disrupted. I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Take me out here with something real nice. Take me out here with something real loud. But most importantly, take me out here with something real funky. I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L. S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.